Everybody say faith, faith. Hope, hope, and love. love. Look at 1 Corinthians 13, verse 12. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. I got to stop right there and just ask somebody, is somebody else besides me glad that this isn't our home? It says, then we shall see face to face. I am excited this morning that this isn't my final destination, that I have a heaven to look forward to and a God who loves me. Listen, no more sorrow in heaven. No more tears, no more car accidents, no more sickness, no more disease, no more pandemic. Come on, somebody. No more protests, no more war, no more bombs. But we are going to see him face to face. Come on. In heaven, there's only the presence and the love of God. I'm looking forward to that. Some of you are like, I am too, but I don't want to go today. Amen to that. I'm with you. He goes on to say, now I know in part. And then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. Translation, God knows everything about you this morning. He knows the good, he knows the bad, and he knows the ugly. And I came to tell you that he still loves you. I will tell you, he loves you too much to leave you the way that you are with your rotten attitude or the sin issues in your life. But... Part of overcoming those issues this morning, church, is knowing that God is for you, that he does love you, and that he has a tremendous plan for your life. Verse 13, and now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. I love what he's saying right there. I love it because it says that there's three things that will remain for us that is eternal, that is something we can carry on with us every single day. And in chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians, Paul begins to lay out the spiritual gifts, the words of knowledge, the gift of healings, the, the gift of praying in the Spirit, and all these spiritual gifts he begins to lay out in chapter 12. And then here he gets into chapter 13 because he just wants to remind the people, and this is a good reminder for us as the people of God, that in chapter 12, he talks about all the things we operate here in and on the earth while we're on this side of heaven. But I don't want to ruin your day, perhaps, but I do want to remind you, there's a lot of things that you can't take with you. You're not going to be able to take your money. You're not going to be able to take your car. You're not going to be able to take your house. You're not going to be able to take any of those things. But I want to tell you something this morning. You will be taking with you your faith, your hope, and your love because it says here is what remains. Everybody say remains. I just want to build my life on what is remaining. Come on, amen. The flower fades, the grass fades, and the flower withers, but the word of our God shall remain forever. Has anybody uh, been through the last two years, a little over two years, and uh, what happened during the pandemic, as we all know, is a lot of stuff got canceled, right? I mean, they were canceling March Madness two years ago at this time. We had to shut down and cancel church. Church, church services were closed all over the, the world, all over the country. I mean, they even closed schools. Mm-hmm. Leah reminded me this morning when we were getting ready, she said it was, it was today that we got an email from the school two years ago that they shut the school down. We just sat and cried and held each other that two years ago. Because <laughs> I said, Leah, we're homeschoolers now. What are we going to do? God bless you people who homeschool. Bless your hearts. 
You may not know this, but I expelled my kids from my homeschool. <laughs> not even sure if that was allowed or not, but I'm just like, you're out. You're gone. Come back in six hours. I don't know where you're going to go. I did. I told Leah, I said, do you know those fire stations that have the kid drop off? I said, do they take teenagers? Does it say anywhere in the fine print you have to only be a certain age to drop the kids off? But we lived through something called cancel culture. We're still probably in that. My title this morning is you can't cancel what God calls. Can't do it. And I want to go into a story. Go ahead and turn over to the book of John. We're going to look at a story this morning that I absolutely love this story. So much so that I preach on it often. But I want to give you a different angle. What is not canceled and ever, ever will be. Hope is not canceled. (laughs) Faith is not canceled. Come on. Love is certainly not canceled. Because those things cannot be canceled. Because if God's word says that they remain, then it means those three things are something we can build our lives upon John chapter 4 Father for these next few minutes we just ask and pray that you settle as you already are here but just come and Father help me with the word help me deliver it let your anointing go forth into the hearts of the people and God we just want to say today that we want your word to change our lives we want to grow closer to you so Lord whatever said of Jason Hanks let it fall by the wayside and whatever said under the unction of your Holy Spirit Lord I bow before you now humbly and say There's nothing in me that I want to go into these people but of you and your Holy Spirit, Lord, in your word. Your word remains. Father, let faith, hope, and love be the foundation of our lives for the folks here and those listening online. God, we bless them today in Jesus' name. Chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, although Jesus himself did not baptize but his disciples, He left Judea and departed again to Galilee, but he needed to go through Samaria. Everybody say, needed to go. So he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. So around noon, she comes to this well. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where then do you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered and said, Whoever drinks of the water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Skip down to verse 25. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ, When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. Again, my title is You Can't Cancel Who God Calls. Verse 4 again, he needed to go through Samaria. Everybody say, go through. through. Just a little background, and I know many are very familiar with this story, but if perhaps you're not, 
what Jesus was doing was he was leaving this area and he was heading to Galilee in a different area. And as he's traveling with his disciples, the shortest distance to get from where he was to where he was going was, a, was through Samaria. The problem was for Jews is they didn't want to have anything to do with the people of Samaria. To Jewish people, they simply thought that they were outside of God's grace. They were outside of God's love. They were outside of having a faith relationship. They were outside of God's hope. They were outside of anything God could do for them. But I love the fact that we have a God who says, if there's somebody that's going to respond to me, I'm not going to cancel them. I am going to go to them. And I love that about the Lord. How many have had to walk somewhere and and get to a destination? Amen? Some of you know where my story is going because I've told you this already. I had to drop my son's car off the other day to get some work done. This was Friday. And uh, called around, and everybody was ignoring my phone calls to come give me a ride back to the church. No, I'm kidding. Here's what I thought. It was a nice day. It was cloudy. And I'm just going to walk, right? When you're walking from one place to another to get to a destination, you're going to take the most direct route. Amen? That's just common sense. I, and I thought to myself as I was walking, I'm like, somebody from church is going to see me. I have my cup of coffee from McDonald's. Come on, somebody. I'm just walking along. And sure enough, I get a text. Was that you walking down in the middle of Homosassa? And they, they said, I started to take a picture and post it and say, if found, return to Leah. <laughs> Everybody say, go through. Church, sometimes you're going to have to find yourself in a place where God isn't going to take you around it or above it or underneath it. He is going to take you straight through it. There are some issues and some trials and some tests and some things that we find ourselves in. The church, it's not going to just magically disappear, but you're going to have to make your way from point A to point Z and go all the way through the situation. And in those places, there is a revealing. Everybody say revealing. revealing. Why is that? God has to reveal, reveal it before he can heal it. When you're in the midst of the fire, when you're in the midst of a test and difficulty, we often ask the question, God, where are you? This woman that we just read about was in the midst of not just difficulty. She evidently had had a lifetime of desertion. In the day of Jesus, people could not, a woman could not just divorce her husband. The husband had to initiate the divorce of the woman. This was the same in Samaria as it was in Judea in Galilee and all the other areas of ancient Israel. So, in other words, she had lived a life, as we know from the story, as Jesus gets into asking her a few questions of just simply saying, you don't have five husbands, you are living with the sixth one. So she had been married and divorced five times before Jesus ever has this encounter with her. But I want to paint a picture of God for you for, you for just a few minutes. If you're going through it, everybody say through it. Jesus said, I have to go through there. I have to go there. Instead of taking a weak detour, to me it just sounds like a smart way of traveling to me. I'm not going to add three or four or five days to a trip that I can go straight through something. I just came to tell you this morning, sometimes you are going to go through it, but there will always be an encounter with Jesus and the Holy Spirit that will instill faith, hope, and love back into your life, even no matter what's going on. I'm so glad we don't have a God who avoids areas of our lives. Can somebody say amen? It would have been easy for Jesus just to take the long way around. It would have been easy for him just to 
to do what is normally what everybody else would do. But Jesus in this story just says, I'm, I'm going to go right there. And to you this morning, he's coming down your aisle and he says, hey, I want to come right there this morning. I want to come right there. God is a good God and there are times and seasons when God takes us through it. And she comes and she re- re- comes to this well and it's noon. It's the hottest part of the day. The simple part of the story that sometimes we miss is that it's the hottest part of the day. Everybody came at the noon at the well in the morning because it was cool, it was easy, it was something where they could draw the water up without breaking a sweat because this was hard work. So point number one today I want you to get from this story is sometimes God is going to take you through some things so that he can reveal some things because he wants to heal some things. And we have a God that doesn't shrink back from those areas of our life. God will come straight in and begin to deal with them. But it's a hot part of the day. Jesus sends his disciples off. I don't know if he was coming into town and saw a subway and wanted a two for one foot long, a, a spicy Italian, I'm not sure. But he says, hey, you guys go off and get some food. What he was setting up was an encounter, and this is coming to me as I'm standing here talking to you. Sometimes God will send everybody else away so that he can have an encounter just you and him. I love coming in with the people of God. I come in, your faith encourages me, your worship encourages me, being here with you encourages me. But there are times, church, that God just sets up an encounter where he wants to get down deep and heal and fix some things in our heart because we all know this. She comes, and she comes during the hot part of the day. She comes for one simple reason. She came because she didn't want everybody looking negatively at her. She didn't want everybody gossiping about her. There's the woman who's been married five times. There's the woman who, you know, she she must, you know, be a horrible cook. feeling the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. (laughs) I just want to remind you that I turned 49 in April, and I've promised you at 50 I will turn into the pastor that you guys deserve. (laughs) I had somebody say to me this morning, what goes on inside of your mind? And I said, I I don't know. I, I, I need help. I'm going through it. Point number two from this story, Jesus is the initiator and the pursuer. Jesus, here's what we say. We say, I found Jesus. In some ways that's true. You have to make that acknowledgement and make a decision that you're going to follow him with all your heart. But what I see in this story, and it is so true in our lives, is it wasn't so much I found Jesus, Jesus found me. (laughs) Jesus found me. That's good news this morning because our God is relentlessly pursuing you because he loves you and he has a plan for your life and he has good things for your life. And in this situation with this woman, as we see the story unfold, Jesus sends his disciples away. He knows that there's somebody that needs his help. So he's willing to go into a place that nobody else wanted to go. God will go where nobody else wants to go to find you because he is the pursuer and he is the initiator. And as we see in the story, and and I I found a lot of people that I've witnessed to and I've led to the Lord over the years in making a commitment to Christ and just laying down their lives and giving giving him their heart. I've found this as I've witnessed to people. She did the same thing I find a lot of people doing, and this may be you this morning. This, This may help you, maybe where you're at. When you are being asked a question by the Lord, number one, he already knows the answer. 
He, he already knows it. But when you're in that situation, a lot of times, and this is what she did when, when he just said, hey, give me a drink of water. And, and she just simply says, which is a natural response of, why are you bothering me? Remember, she's working. Let, let me take some sanctified imagination. And even though it's not directly right there in the scripture, let, when you're working, when I was 15, I started bussing tables uh, at a restaurant. And there were those times when, you know, the, it would lull. You'd get a lull that wouldn't be as busy. And I'd stand there by my little car. My mom was just a million miles away. Usually it was all my problems, even though at 15 I realized at 49 I didn't have any problems. <laughs> I just didn't have any. But I can imagine her working. I can imagine her with, with her, her bucket. This was a very deep well. All the years later, even as recently when they found this well, it still had water in it all these, you know, 2,000 years later, 1,500, 1,900 years later at that point. And she's working, and I imagine the kind of where her mind was. I imagine in her mind she's just thinking about all the rejection. She's thinking about all the people that talk about her. And Jesus just simply makes a comment and says, can you give me some of that water? Sure, he had a natural thirst. But what he's trying to point her back to is she has much more than a natural thirst. There's something that he wants to instill in her and give to her in this moment. And I love the fact that Jesus is just real. I love the fact that he just starts up a conversation. But she answers him. And this is what I find interesting and what I find a lot of people do. When he begins to engage her and tell her about living water, she comes back with a religious answer. I've seen that so many times. It's like... I don't want to introduce people to religion and what somebody's opinion is. If you can get introduced to Jesus, you will fall in love with Jesus. And there is, theology is just the study of God. Theology is incredibly important. Having your doctrine straight is incredibly important. But can I tell you what the fruit of theology is? It's called doxology. Doxology is worship. He's trying to move her away from what everybody else says to the living water is standing right in front of you right now in this moment. I, I've talked to people and, hey, you know, just in conversation, get to know them because I've learned something. I've never won anybody by argument. All I can be is a witness of what Jesus has done in my life. But she gives him a religious answer. And I, I, I've seen this with people. Talking to them about the Lord. And here's what always comes up usually. Yeah, my grandma brought me to church. 30 years ago. Are you pre-trib or post-trib? I'm like, I'm t- we're talking about living water here. We're talking about something that if you get in connection with, God comes, and the third thing I want you to see, and this is so important, Jesus just engages her in a very natural, spiritual conversation. Just... I love the fact that he didn't show up and say, I am the Messiah, and now I am going to give you a word of knowledge and let my spiritual gifts flow to you. He didn't do that. He just started right where she was and brought her to a place where he under, she began to understand this wasn't a normal encounter, church. This wasn't a normal thing that was going on right here in this moment. So God's going to take you through it. Jesus is the initiator, and he says, give me something to drink. And she says, you don't have anything to draw water with. He said, if you knew, everybody say, if you knew. If you knew. Oh, if you're here this morning and you don't know him, can I tell you, if you knew the love 
if you knew the, the living water, if you knew how much he is for you, if you just knew. In other words, Jesus sensed the truth about the situation. Lady, you aren't just here looking for natural water. You came here in the middle of the day because you are looking for something else. Jesus just doesn't want our minds this morning, church. Jesus wants your heart, and he wants your heart to be flowing with living water. Jesus said back to her in response to her, you are going to keep coming back to this well over and over, and this water that you're looking for here in the ground will never quench your thirst. Can I tell you something uh, we all have in common and all the people that you'll come in contact with tomorrow and the next day and the day after that and the year after that and the year after that? Our world today has a thirst for the real genuine encounter with the Holy Spirit. We all have that something in us that says, I need more than this. She's working. Her mind is probably off on all the things that's been said about her and all the rejection and everything that she's going through. And in that moment, she's saying, he reminds her, you have a thirst that's deeper. What this means is that we all tend to go back to the water that we know instead of getting the water that's going to really give our thirst a quench. What do we do? We keep going back to the same person and jumping back in bed with them? Come on. We keep going back to the same drugs. We keep going back to the same relationships, and we keep going back to the same things. When actually what we're really saying is there's something much deeper in our hearts that needs to be fixed and healed by the love of God. This woman is thirsty, and she's learned the same thing we do. When we're thirsty, we try to quench our thirst on stuff that won't last. The living water that, he's be, that she is being offered is something that will continually spring up into a well of life-giving relationship with him. There's one problem with this well, Jesus says. If you drink those waters, if you drink the water that you keep going back to, you're going to get thirsty and thirsty and more thirsty and more thirsty. Why? Because she says you don't have a bucket to, to pull this water out with. Here's what we offer God when he comes into the room like today and he begins to move by his presence and you begin to get wooed and pulled to having that living water in our lives. Here's what we do. We offer him a new bucket. (laughs) Listen to me for just a minute. When God, you have an encounter with God because he's pursuing you. I love the fact that he was very real in this situation. He was just naturally talking to her. And this will help you as you talk to people out in the world that need to have a relationship, a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. We offer him a new bucket. You know, Lord, maybe if I just got a new husband or wife, right? Or maybe if I just switch churches, this will fix everything. Maybe, Maybe this woman would say, maybe if I just move to Jerusalem, that will help my relationship with God. And what Jesus is pointing back to is we can keep giving him and offering him a new bucket, but he doesn't want to give you a new bucket of something old. He wants you to give him your life today. He wants you to give him everything. In other words, he's just simply telling her it's not about the external that you can see. He's asking her what is going on in your heart because we can all come in and look good and be smiling and bless the Lord, but inside she was dying and Jesus wanted to give her something that was going to revive her and bless her and strengthen her and change her in this moment. 
Maybe there hasn't been a problem with your bucket. Maybe you have been drawing from the wrong well. Maybe you have been drawing from the wrong well this morning. Maybe you've been out in trying to find something that will give the thirst a quench. And Jesus is pointing to her that, look, the only thing that will satisfy you, church, young people that are, happen to be in here today, can I tell you, and I'm telling you that I'm telling you, the only thing that will satisfy you in life is him and him alone. It's that relationship with him. It's that, it's that, that he wants to give us. And she says, okay. I'm tired of coming back to this well again and again and again. Give me this living water. And what she's saying is, I'm tired of going to the same old places trying to get this thirst quenched. Can I tell you today, there's a thirst that you have and a thirst that I have and a thirst that the world has that only Jesus Christ can satisfy. That stock answer that she gave him was just a defense mechanism. It was to keep everybody else out and not let anybody in. I'm talking about you can't cancel what God has called. This woman had been canceled by her neighborhood. She had been canceled by the other women that she should have been with walking to the well in the morning. She was supposedly outside of not only the grace of God, but also the grace and favor of everybody that was in the city. But I came to tell you what I started with this morning. You can't cancel faith hope and love when you encounter Jesus he doesn't want to just give you a religious answer and he doesn't want to give you some religious platitude he wants you to encounter him because it's going to fill you with faith hope and love those three things remain this morning and that's what he is offering so she goes along and she says I don't have a husband maybe expecting Jesus to turn away and begin to walk away Maybe expecting that, that revelation that Jesus had, a word of knowledge that he had in this moment. Again, he didn't announce, I'm giving you a word of knowledge. He was just ministering to her because she had a broken heart. You want to flow in the gifts of the Spirit? Quit worrying about calling it. And, and, and the theology of it is wonderful. Just allow yourself to be used by him and heal a broken world. That's what Jesus is doing. And a woman having a conversation with a man who is used to men leaving her. <laughs> and I think her answer, well, I don't, I'm, I'm living. He says, you have rightly said, you've had five and the one you're living with, so it meant six men that she was in a relationship with at this point that she encounters Jesus. Can I tell you in the Bible, six is the number of man, but the seventh man that she met is the number of perfection, it's the number of God, and it's the number of wholeness, and it's the number of completeness. Jesus is saying, you have met a man now that will never leave you and never forsake you, that can instill in you some living water of faith, hope, and love. And everybody else had canceled her, but God wasn't going to cancel her because he said, I had to go through. He went there for the specific purpose of encountering this woman and this woman encountering him. Man after man and person after person kept saying goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. Because not only did Jesus have to go through Samaria, but what I'll tell you is the same way as you're sitting here this morning, Jesus also has to go to some areas of our lives that are broken and hurt and despondent and heal those things so that we can have a great relationship with him. I don't know what your area is this morning. And you may have a, 
religious people turn their back on you, but can I tell you, religion will turn their back on you, but Jesus never will. There is a God and his name is Jesus and he will never turn his back on areas of your life. That isn't, if you're making excuses for those areas, that's completely different than coming honestly before the Holy Spirit and saying, God, I just need you to, to pour that living water out on me. And he basically says, guess what? I'm still here and I'm still talking and I'm still offering you this living water patiently waiting. And her response is interesting. Sir, you must be a prophet. It wasn't just saying her saying you know stuff. What she was saying, in my opinion, you have a connection with God that can help me. And she goes on, can you explain worship to me? Since you have a connection with God, can you explain how to get to him? Because I am so confused. The Jews say you worship here. My people so say no, worship up on this mountain, and I don't know what to do. And he says, woman, the time is coming and now is when it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or that mountain. I am seeking. Everybody say seeking. God is seeking people to worship him in spirit and in truth. The, the spirit without truth will wreck your life and the spirit and the truth without spirit will absolutely make you a religious person. We need both. Everybody say both. both. Jesus is saying if, you're, if you do it in truth, you will get to God. Jesus doesn't go around Samaria. He went and sat on a well and Jesus went straight to the place of pain. And here's the ma- amazing thing. He didn't leave her at the place of her first revelation, right? He keeps on bringing her to the place where he, she has a full revelation of who Jesus is. To a broken woman, a woman in shame, to a woman just on enough to say, I need you. Can you connect me to God? And Jesus tells her, I am the Messiah. The very people she was trying to avoid, she leaves her water pot. She has this encounter with Jesus. And I just love how he was just real with her, right? just real she has this encounter and then she goes back and and listen i can just begin to imagine for a second the woman who had had been had her their uh everybody turned their back on and everybody talked about and everybody said gossiped and all those different things that were going on in her life she leaves her water pot there and again use your sanctified imagination but i really truly believe that when she began to walk back into town she left probably downcast and beaten up and and down in the dirt and down in the dumps. And as she's walking back after an encounter with Jesus, she's walking back in and they look and they say, wait a second, I see something different about you. And it looks like you've got some hope down in your heart. Church, I came to tell you this morning, there is faith, there is hope, and there is love. And you can't cancel those things. You can't change those things. Because when you encounter God, when you leave here today, I want you to be full of faith, I want you to be full of hope, and I want you to be full of love. Because as she walked back into that town, she just goes around and starts telling people, you've got to come see a man that changed every... Can you imagine what people were thinking? You found another one? What? Again? Listen to me, church. She had such a radical encounter with the living water. I I don't want this to get weird in the moment. When I was really praying and thinking about this, and I I, I sat and pondered this for a long time the last couple days, and living water in 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 the context of this scripture obviously means that that Jesus is the source of your very life. 
He is the source of everything that you really have need of deep down in your soul. And so many people, and we all do it, we get so distracted and we go running after stuff and go running after worries and fears and what's going to happen in the future and what are my kids going to grow up and do. It just all the things that when you stay connected to that source, listen, it's not just a one drink that you get. Here's what I felt like the Holy Spirit was showing me, and I don't want it to be weird. I literally had a picture of somebody just floating in water. Because when you get into a relationship with God, listen, you can just float in his grace and his love. And you may say this morning, oh, I don't have anything redeemable about me. Listen to me. God loves you. If you were to take the city of Sychar, if you were to take the area of Samaria and go into a town, we with our natural eyes would walk through that town, walk past the woman, and somebody mentioned, yeah, don't go near her. She's had five husbands and she's living with somebody now. It'd probably be the last person that you would have anything to do with. It's the first person that Jesus was looking for. God isn't looking for us to hide our problems. God is looking for us to have an honest discussion about our issues so that you can be healed. Confess your sins one to another so that you may be forgiven? No, so that you may be healed. We confess our sins to God, and he is gracious and just to forgive us of those sins and wash us from all unrighteousness. You say, I don't have any sin. Can I tell you what the Bible calls you? A liar. He who says he has no sin, right? You would walk right past her, but Jesus went out of his way to have this encounter with her. I'll go back to where I started in 1 Corinthians 13, 13. It says, on that day, we will be fully known and fully loved. Can I tell you what your greatest need is this morning? Your greatest need is to understand that God knows you. The good, the bad, and the ugly And he would still sit, the well of life was sitting on a well of natural water. And you need to know this this morning. The greatest need of almost any human is to be fully known, yet fully loved. We we minimize the fear. And the devil plays on this on all of us. He plays on this on all of us. You come into this, even this church, and you may be here for the first time, and you come in, man, you know, I like this church. I wonder if I'd be accepted. Can I tell you something? You're accepted because he accepts you. I don't make that call. We're just, as my pastor used to say, I'm just one beggar telling another beggar where I found bread. And she went back into that town. She went back into that town. And literally, her countenance had changed. (laughs) Her circumstances didn't change. And I'm quite sure that she went back and said, look, Jack, I'm not living with you anymore. I found somebody a lot better. (laughs) The Lord Jesus Christ. But we all have a tremendous need. We all have that deep down that that thinks, deep down, what if I'm rejected? 1 Corinthians 13 says, we will be known, fully known as we are known. Sometimes we, we... think that it's when I get all these things right that then I can come to Jesus. He didn't tell her, go run back and tell the old boy to get lost. He said, you tap into the living water. When you tap into the true Jesus, 
everything else about your life absolutely will change. I thank the Lord. I thank the Lord in heaven that I was surrounded by people that gave me the grace to grow. Because when I got saved, I had a radical encounter with Jesus that changed my life, revolutionized my life. But when I walked in the next Sunday, I was still had an unrenewed mind. I, I still had a lot of things in my life. I still, I still had issues that God was working on me. And guess what I found? I found a group of people that loved him as much as I did and said, Jason, like my, I'll say it like my grandfather used to say. This is so true. He said, Jason, one of the first times I met with him, we were celebrating the fact that I committed my life to Christ. I was one of the last people in my immediate family. My brothers had given their life to Christ within the last year and a half. My mom had rededicated her life to Christ. I had all these wonderful things. And he looked at me, and this helped me so much. He said, Jason, you will become more spiritual, but you'll never become more less human. You will become more spiritual, but you will never become less human. And sometimes, just like this woman, they're sitting at the well, and they're kicked out by everybody else. Nobody else wants to talk to them. Nobody else wants to affiliate themselves with them. I thank the Lord that God is a pursuer of us. In church, he's relentless. He, he is. But there's still the fact remains that you have to respond to the offer of living water. You have to respond to the offer of what Jesus is giving. And church, can I just tell you, if you knew, like Jesus said, if you knew how awesome it is, how wonderful it is to be able to sit at his feet and to be in connection with him. Amen? Amen. Everybody say faith, faith. Hope, hope, love. I love the story of the woman they bring to Jesus and she's caught in adultery. They bring her and throw her down at his feet. They're, they're trying to trap him. I always find it interesting in the story that you couldn't stone anybody unless there were witnesses. So that means she was either set up or I think Jesus, when he writes in the ground, is kind of maybe drawing a map of her house and being like, okay, who was standing looking in the window there, Jack? He comes and throws her down. And by law, she, must, she should be stunned. So Jesus reaches down and just begins to write. And we all know the story. They begin from the oldest to the youngest. Why is that? When you get older, you understand there's a lot of grace that goes into God keep carrying you to where you're going. I still uncover things. I still uncover parts of my heart that I'm like, Lord, I just don't like that. We think it's bearing down and trying harder. It's not. It's getting in closer connection to life. It's getting in closer connection to the source of water, the source of bread, the source that is the Holy Spirit. Amen? Let me leave you with this. We got baptisms today. I'm so excited to be baptizing. When she left that day to go back to town, she didn't go alone. Faith, hope, and love were with her. You have some companions this morning after you encounter Jesus. It's faith, it's hope, it's love. Before Jesus, I'm sure she was depressed and depleted and hopeless. And after Jesus, she had faith, hope, and love. She went back home and she starts telling other people about this faith, hope, and love. Let me leave you with these three things. Number one, faith, hope, and love. Have faith in a really big God this morning.
<laughs> if you have a really big God, that means that you've got really little problems. But if you have a really little God, it means you have big problems. You guys have seen the little thing on Facebook. We've all seen it. Don't, don't talk to the mountain how big the mountain is. Talk to the mountain how big your God is this morning. You can have faith in a really big God. The God who put the stars in the sky and could hold all the waters of the sea in one hand. He is for you this morning and you can have faith in that. Now unto him who is exceedingly and abundantly able to, to give us all above all we could ask or think. Faith is what honors God most and what God honors this morning. Let me say that again. Faith is what honors God the most and what God honors in our lives. I mentioned it earlier, but there really are three types of faith. There's tested faith. How many of you ever, ever had your faith tested? How many believers in here? You just, you've walked through a fire and you came out on the other side like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Amen. You won't bow your knee to what the enemy says, but you will keep on going through the fire. So that's tested faith that's brought forth like gold. And then we understand that we have desperate faith. Some of you just need to get desperate enough to reach out and run to Jesus, just like him. He was at a well offering living water. You need to desperately touch him and get near to him. There are some things that won't be solved in your life by somebody else just telling you what to do. You need to get desperate for change. You need to get desperate for the Holy Spirit to make an impact in your life. It's desperate faith. Number two. Hope is the anchor of your faith. Everybody say anchor. Anchor. I've shared this before, but it is so true. When I lived in Pensacola, I had a friend that we used to go out and out on a boat. And this guy was old, ex-retired Navy guy, all this. And he was so particular about the boat. And I'll never forget what he would always say. Tie your rope to your boat. Make sure before you throw that anchor over, the rope is tied to the boat. It says we have this hope as an anchor for the soul. You tie your hope. Hope is so incredibly important. When she's walking back into this town, I think she just had a fresh hope in her heart that even though the past was difficult, there is something better headed for my tomorrow. And I came just simply to tell you, when you encounter encounter Jesus this morning, and we'll hear in just a minute, when you encounter him, you leave that place with some fresh hope in your heart. Lord, how our world needs hope hope today they need hope and Jesus is ready to give it listen to me hope looks ahead hope looks ahead it's your future hope hope has a confident expectation hope is about yes today is tough but I'm believing God that tomorrow is going to be better hope says tomorrow will be better than today here some of you need to hear this hope says there is a tomorrow tomorrow Tomorrow, love you, tomorrow, it's only a day. The sun's going to come out because you followed the Son of God and He is eternally shining upon your future. It should encourage you that God is already there in your tomorrow so that when you arrive at the situation, He has already been there working for your good because He's a good God. He's good. Oh, that should fire you up this morning. Number three, and this is so simple. The greatest of this is love. What did she have? She had a newfound love for Jesus that gave her, listen to me, that gave her a love for herself. I talked about this a few weeks ago. 
Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, and your neighbor as yourself. Church, some of you have a problem. You don't see yourself how God sees you. Because God sees you, warts and all, and He is still for you this morning. He's still working on your behalf. Say, Pastor, this is dangerous to tell people. No, it's not. Because you're sitting there, and I'm preaching you to you today like, like every row has somebody with a broken heart this morning. And people you walk, you run into in this world, I guarantee you, they don't want to hear about a royal diadem because they don't even know what it is. You're looking at me like, what are you talking about? You know, the, the song, crown him Lord of all, bring forth the royal diadem. Church, we need to start speaking the language of the culture that we're in, just like Jesus was to this woman right there in that moment. Get your eyes off the religious stuff because everybody that you encounter is overwhelmed and under-encouraged, I guarantee it. Okay, I am. (laughs) Anybody else in here get overwhelmed at times? Anybody else just wake up in the molly grub sometimes and say, man, I just the weight of the world is on my shoulders. Can I tell you, take a drink of living water and the faith and the hope and the love begins to rise up. It happened right here around this altar yesterday when we had ministry time in our men's thing. I just, I saw people leave here differently than what they came in. And that's what the community of faith is all about. Whether it happens in a living room, it happens in Walmart aisle, or it happens right here in the presence of God as we gather together and the corporate anointing falls upon this place, that God wants to fill you with those three things. Why? Because those three things remain. We're so concerned this morning about maybe where the pay raise or inflation or, listen, we're, we're operating on God. God's economy, or at least you should be. God's economy doesn't match the world's economy. God said that he would take care of you and feed you and clothe you and take care. Put him first and everything else works out. That's how we can anchor ourselves into faith and tie the rope to our boat so that we don't drift off into discouragement and despair, into hurt, into pain. Alexis and Tam, if you guys would come up. Everybody say faith. Hope, love. So this love that she's, she's filled with translated into going back into that village and town. And she says this, come meet a man who told me everything about me. And can you just think about that for a minute? Just stop and think for a second. Wait a second. You told him everything? Everything? You told him about the five divorces? You told him you're living with somebody now? I just want to say, if you are in here and you think that I'm advocating, no. Get married and God's blessings comes down on that union. You hearing me? The rest of us had to do it by God. You, no, I'm kidding. (laughs) No, 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 no. But we often think that the things in our life dismiss us from coming to God when it's exactly the opposite. He didn't come for the well. He came for the sick. And he has living water. And again, not just a cup, but I've found in my life that I can just drop back into float in that grace. And listen, then when I get up out of that grace and begin to operate in the world, I begin to tell other people that there's a God who can give them hope. There's a God that can build their faith as they apply themselves to spiritual disciplines. 
and above all, and we know this, we know this. If you don't know anything else, know this. For God so loved the world that he gave. He gave first and he gave his best. So it was a response from her to just give what little she had. And I'm telling you this morning, if you give him what little you have, he can multiply it and make it something incredible. Amen? Why don't you stand with me this morning before we, before we do our, our baptisms. And guys who are doing the being baptized, you guys can go ahead and head on back. And we're so excited that you're taking this step of faith and renewal today in your life. You guys can go back and quickly go ahead and get yourself ready to be baptized today. I want you to just bow your head. The presence of the Lord was here from the moment I walked in early this morning. And they were... They were worshiping and they were beginning to practice. I just had a text from my pastor last night. He said, lives are going to be changed tomorrow in your church. It just got me excited for today because I know that when you encounter the living water, when you encounter Jesus, your life can change. I want to ask this question. This is directly from the Holy Spirit. I want to ask this question this morning. Bow, uh, bow your head and close your eyes. Just give the person next to you just, just some, some privacy. Just Because this is between you and the Lord. Would you say this morning that you have a close living water relationship with God through the Holy Spirit? You just, Or are you dry and are you thirsty and are you parched? Do you feel like you're just walking through a desert? Can I tell you? That is not what God wants. He wants you to be filled with him. But here's what it takes. It takes acknowledging areas of our life that don't line up with God's word. came to tell you today, that's not okay. We need to line up with God's principles and God's word in our lives. So when I ask this question, you just put your hand up and say, you know what, I want to come running home to the Father's arms. His arms are open wide. He loves you, and he wants to change you this morning. So I want to ask, you just acknowledge and say, Lord, I got some things to lay down, and I got a big cup of living water to pick up. Would you shoot your hand up right there where you are? Amen, amen, amen. I want to tell you, God loves you. He is for you. He is for you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I pray over those who lifted their hands and said they... They want to acknowledge, God, where we have not been as close to you as what we desire. So, Holy Spirit, I pray, lift your hands. I pray right now in this moment that your presence that is here so powerfully, God, would just fall upon every person and every heart, would fall and rejuvenate and encourage. Let faith build. Let hope arise and let love come down in the form of the Holy Spirit. And God, I pray for a fresh baptism of love and encouragement in the hearts of the people who acknowledge, God, I just need to come running back to your arms. I need to come running back to your arms because, Lord, you have the words of life. You, God, as we've wandered and and we're in a desert dry place in a weary land, God, I pray this morning for, God, your water just to wash over each life and each heart and each person, God, today. I want to ask this one more question. One more question. You say, 
I've never committed my life to Christ. I've never taken that step of just saying, God, I want to live for you and no one else. I want to make you Lord of my life and I want to follow you. Does anybody here say, I want to commit my life to Christ. I want to be with him and follow him all the days of my life. Amen. We're all believers in this place. Amen. God is good. Let's give him another clap of praise. Let's just, let's thank him for his love. Let's thank him for his love. Let's thank him for, listen, listen, I want to say this before they, they're going to lead, you can sit back down. They're going to lead you in worship. We're going to celebrate this baptism. God is so good, isn't he? So good, so good, so good. You guys lead us and uh, make this your prayer. We're going to pray over you before we start. Church, isn't it awesome to have people climb up in here in dedication to the Lord? Can you guys hear me okay? Wave at me if you hear me. I'm behind this glass wall. Okay. Praise the Lord. This is Melissa. And Melissa has made a very recent uh, confession of faith in the Lord. And uh, she's decided to follow him. And and exactly what we were talking about today, she encountered the living water and has completely changed her life. We want to pray blessings over her. She just told me a minute ago, she said, I'm really nervous. I said, don't be. You're with family, and we're celebrating what God has done in your life. So stretch your hand out this way, and let's bless her today. Melissa, Father, Father, we bless her in Jesus' name. We gather together today as the people of God with our hearts bound in unity with our hearts bound in the fact that, God, you are a good God. And, Lord, you called her for such a time as this. Lord, your hand is upon her and her family, and your hand is upon her for a a hope and a future. God, you know the plans that you have, and they are good plans. Father, today we pray in the name of Jesus Christ that, God, you would fill her with your Holy Spirit and fill her with faith, with hope, and with love. May she come up out of this water. God, today, in newness of life and newness of mind and a fresh perspective on who you are, God. Lord, today we celebrate baptism. We celebrate, God, that that we're in obedience to your word to follow you in baptism. Lord, just like, Father, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of the time that you were baptized yourself and you came up out of the water and the, the voice of the Father said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased, hear him. So today, Melissa, I speak that over your life from the Holy Spirit as if it's coming from heaven itself. Melissa, the Lord is pleased with you. You are his beloved daughter, and he is pleased with this act of obedience and an act of faith today. And we believe that out of this water will come the resurrection life and power. I declare the word over you in Jesus' name that he that is in you is greater than he that is in the world, that the blood of Jesus that has washed you clean will continue to strengthen you and to empower you by his Holy Spirit to walk this world in the way that God desires. Father, fill her with strength, fill her with peace, fill her with love, and fill her with the knowledge that, God, she is on her way to a rendezvous with you where she will see you face to face in Jesus' mighty name. Melissa, because of your profession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, I now baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ. Look at all those people, Melissa, that are cheering for you because they know God is good. Praise the Lord.
and got good, y'all. Come on. Come on in, Lloyd. This is Brother Lloyd Daniels. It's such an honor to baptize him today. They've been members, precious members of our church for how long now, Lloyd? Probably two, two, and, a half two and a half years. I thought so. Brother, I feel the spirit of God in this in this room right now. Father, we pray healing in the name of Jesus right now. God, I thank you for strength. I thank you for your word. I thank you that when he was formed in his mother's womb, that God, you had your hand upon him. That you have watched over him and you have led him throughout his life with your word, with your spirit. And Father, today he is taking this step of obedience God, we pray right now with our hearts together. Stretch your hand out, church. Lloyd's dealing with some physical things in his body, and I just believe that even in these waters of baptism, that faith will rise and that infirmity will go in the name of Jesus and that he will be healed by your precious blood, God, today. God, I thank you that he's a miracle already, but we pray for a completion of miracle. God, I declare that strength is and and will begin to return to his physical body. That, Father God, the, the heart would begin to function and, and, and to, to work like you have created and designed it to work. So, Father, in his obedience to come near to you, his obedience that, Father, to walk down into these waters of bat- baptism today, Lord, we bind our hearts together as a church family. And we just say, Lord God, thank you for salvation. And that salvation means that we're healed and we're saved and we're delivered. That, God, these waters are a water of separation, God. That as we come out of these waters, it is a symbol of resurrection life, Lord. That we celebrate your death and burial, but we celebrate your resurrection and that life that it gives. So let that life, Father, filter down and filter in to my brother right now in this moment, Lord God. We pray that the Spirit of God would continue to lead him and fill him to overflowing. That the living water that you offer, God, would be his. And that, God, you would put a separation right now that there is a line. There is a line between the enemy and what he can do and what he can bring. And our God is faithful. He who called you is faithful, Lord, and he will do it. We proclaim a a completion of everything that you have desired and meant for him to do. That as long as his his lungs draw breath on this side of of heaven, God, you would continue to, to speak to his heart. And continue to make him more like you, Father. Thank you for his marriage. Thank you for his wife. Thank you that you are leading and guiding them into all truth. And today we just thank you for him. And pray your blessings upon his life and upon his heart. And upon everything that he puts his hand to. We continue to prosper his whole extended family. Let the blessings of God come. Father, we bless him today. In Jesus' holy name. Lloyd, because of your profession of faith. In the Lord Jesus Christ, I now baptize you in the name of Jesus.
Well, I heard that one out there, y'all. <laughs> that one came through the window. Come on, let's give God a great hand clap and a shout of praise for His goodness and His mercy. I love baptism. The Holy Spirit is in this room. I guess when you get confined in here with Him, it's just something even more powerful. Why don't you stand with me and I'll bless you as we dismiss today. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord. I hope you leave today encouraged. I hope you leave today understanding that He is the living water who will who will find you if you let Him. He's only one step away. If you've, if you've walked away from God, turn around and He's one step back the other way. Father, in the name of Jesus, I bless Christian Center Church. Father, I pray they would be blessed going in and blessed going out. That they would be blessed in their homes with their families and blessed at work in their jobs. May increase in favor continually come upon them. And God, I pray that as you turn your face towards them, you would give them peace, you would give them rest, you would give them protection, and God, we would dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of our life, God. Father, I thank you today that we are on our way to an eternal meeting with you in heaven. Thank you for that. Bless the people of God and bring them back safely at your appointed time. Father, if there be anybody here that needs a touch of healing, I pray that faith would arise and that healing would come. In Jesus' mighty name and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Go in the name of the Lord.